Welcome to Third Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness. Medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, this show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know. Don't be shy. Who knows? You may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Okay. So today I thought of something different because we are all in the middle of this pandemic, quarantine, and losing our mind and going crazy. And uh, while we're trying to build our businesses or save the existing business or dealing with kids screaming at home and being everybody's going nuts, I thought it would be a good idea to invite somebody who is an expert to help us how we can manage all this and how we can improve our mental mind. Uh, Edwin, my friend, is a, a master of in acupuncture and oriental medicine and I have been going to him for a pain management after I had my third surgery on my back. So that's how we met and I became a big fan not only because he did a great job as an acupuncturist but the more I learn about him uh, the more I like what he's into because he's also expert in Japanese acupuncture and Chinese acupuncture not sure what the difference is not insertive acupuncture acupressure Chinese herbal medicine and nutrition Tai Chi Qigong martial arts he's super nice guy and then when I learned that he's also major in English then I immediately used him to edit one of my books that I started writing so we go back a long way and I'm so excited Edwin Brown from Connecticut welcome to my first zoom well thank you for having me uh, so it's it's fun to have you and fun to see you because we haven't seen each other now for another eight years since I moved to Florida it has been a long yeah. time and so because of your expertise i'm not even trying to pretend that i know 10 percent of what you know but i am into it lately as well because 
I used to be one of those workaholics and go-getters and anybody who would start talking about meditation and go within and go into your heart and slow down and find yourself, I would be immediately rolling my eyes. If not on the outside, definitely on the inside because I was like, oh yeah, give me a break. But eventually you learn your lessons throughout your life. And um, I learned that I am not the iron woman that I thought I was, that I cannot withstand everything, which projected in my third, three surgeries in my back and definitely I am iron woman because I have screws now in my back <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I learned to slow down and I learned that we have to uh, really do more than eat healthy and exercise occasionally that we have to do more if we want to sustain all that stress and all everything that control us we can actually take step back and do things that will help us to control the stress instead of letting it control us. And so I learned my lessons and I'm doing a little bit every day. I'm getting better at it, but there'll be nobody better to talk about it than you. So I would like you to ask if there are people that are in a similar boat that I am, that kind of starting to understand that we have to do more, and, but are really novice in it. Where would you start as somebody who knows so much about it? What is the basics that we can start with to improve our mental health, especially now during this stressful time? So uh, you actually mentioned some very important things and I'd like to just touch on those if I may. Yeah. Um, it's a very common thing for people to have your response when it comes to meditation, when it comes to taking care of yourself, or when it comes to having that internal journey. Um, I was incredibly fortunate to have a teacher who started when he was a child. And so yeah. he's a direct example of what happens when you uh, begin at a very early age, when your mind and your body are both malleable and flexible. Um, and he taught me a lot about energy as it regards yin and yang, which are some of the uh, terms that we use in Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that he was very uh, insistent on was making sure that we were relaxed while we were becoming stronger. Right. So you mentioned being an iron woman. Uh, and um, I think a lot of people, when they think of strength, they think of being firm right. and strong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is the, the tree in nature that has the capacity to be flexible that can survive the storm. Yeah. Because you are actually is, resisting when you are firming up. You, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I won't get too much into the physiology behind it, but there's a lot of evidence showing that when you are more relaxed mentally and physically, you actually benefit more from exercise. Yeah. Uh, when you're too strong, when you're too tight, when your muscles are too tight, for instance, um, blood doesn't flow as well to the joints. And the joints are where we are most susceptible to injury. So his experience of growing up in martial arts benefited all of his students because here he was when I met him, I think he was in his forties. Um, I was in my twenties and uh, I could see that he was clearly a very strong person, but he could do things that the rest of us couldn't do because he had learned over the course of 30 or 40 years, 
how to relax into being strong. Right. Um, and there's a, there's a very famous um, Chinese uh, philosopher named Lao Tzu who once said, the strongest thing in the universe is quickly overcome by the softest thing in the universe. And that's just simply yin and yang. So when it comes to our mindset and when it comes to who we are, uh, how we are uh, physically, it's important to learn how to relax into our strength. And that's interesting, the process. Interesting what you just said too, because it reminds me what my trainer used to say or keep saying. Uh, the mindset is such a huge part of all this. And we we were talking about all these bulky guys that are in the gym like trying to lift i don't know 300 pounds of going crazy and screaming in pain and they will just do it and do it and he said and my my personal trainer looks like accountant i was always joking with him he's like accountant he's really petite he has great muscle but he's not bulky guy you know like he's not your type of trainer that you have in mind but yeah. he said i bet you if it came to who will survive more like a navy seals those bulky guys don't survive necessarily longer than some maybe less built guy who has a stronger mindset and determination yeah. I, it's funny because I was actually one of those big bulky guys when I first no graduated. No kidding. From, I never knew that about you. Yeah. yeah. When I first got out of uh, college, uh, a very good friend of mine who I'm still very good friends with, um, he and I decided to start lifting weights together. And for about two or three years, I was lifting wow. weights. I was in the gym four or five days a week, two, three hours. Um, I put on a lot of bulk. Mm-hmm. And through circumstances in my life, when I started to train with my judo instructor, I realized that I was too bulky and I couldn't move. It was in a way, actually. It was. And it was oh. the small guy that was just bouncing around me that kept throwing me because oh, I couldn't wow. do what he could do. Uh, in the first year, I think I lost about 20 pounds of just, I slimmed down. Yeah. Um, I ran into the friend of mine who I was lifting weights with. Uh, I hadn't seen him in about maybe three or four months. And he looked at me and he says, wow, you've really lost a lot of weight. And I said, yeah, and I feel great. And yeah. it was at that point that I realized the importance of uh, strength and flexibility and how the two go hand in hand. How did you get into the attraction to the Chinese and the Japanese medicine, which is really like thousands and thousands of years old? How did, how did it come to your life? So I'll give you the, the short version. Um, back in college, I started to study uh, Shotokan Karate. And uh, I was fascinated by the philosophy. And I also quickly found out that I was a little bit clumsy. So I wasn't very good at the physical aspect of it, but I loved the philosophical aspect of it. Um, When I graduated from college, I decided that I wanted to continue to train in martial arts. But when I moved back to Connecticut, I couldn't really find a good teacher. I went to several places and uh, you know how when you meet someone, you get a feeling yeah. yeah. I would meet these guys in these dojos and they were like, well, we like to fight. We like to do this. And I said, okay, yeah. no, thank you. Not That's for me. not what it is. Yeah. It's, you and, have to um, resonate with that person on different. Absolutely. So a friend of mine who knew that I was interested, he kept inviting me to his dojo and I would go and I would meet his teachers. And I just knew that that wasn't for me. Um, one day he says, listen, there's a guy that's coming down. He's supposed to be pretty good at what he does. and um, 
I decided, okay, fine. You know, he's been asking me for months now to go back. I went, I figured I'll stay for 20 minutes and just listen to what the guy says and then leave. I wound up staying for two hours. Mm -hmm. As soon as he started to talk, as soon as he stepped out onto the mat, I thought, that's my teacher. And I signed up on the spot um, and I studied with him for about 16 years. Um, wow. how, about, how old were you when you started? I was just about 25 years old, um, which is actually old yeah. in the martial yeah. arts world. Um, so there's a limit to what you can learn at that age, but really what I was interested in was the, the, the mental aspect of it, the spiritual aspect of mm -hmm. it. About two years into studying with my judo instructor, I was one of those guys that sat in a cubicle and I typed all day long. And um, one day when I showed up to class, instead of having a class, our teacher gave us a lecture and the lecture was on acupuncture and its traditional role in martial arts. Hmm. And I was absolutely fascinated. I went home that night and I thought to myself, okay, I think I want to do this. <clears throat> but then I started thinking, well, you know, I have to pay rent. I have to do this. There's all these different obstacles. And so I just kind of mentally said, okay, I, I mentally created obstacles that were only there because I created them. Yeah. Well, life intervened a month after that, that lecture, I got laid off. And so all of a sudden I didn't have a job. I didn't have a sense of what I was going to do with my life, but I had one feeling that came, I came away with. And that was, I never again want to be in a position where somebody else decides if I can work or if I cannot work. And that was the impetus for me to think, okay, I'm going to create my own career. Yeah. And I started thinking about the acupuncture again and really started to look into it. Um, fortunately, I did get another job in a relatively short period of time so that I could support myself. But the time that I had off was the time that I spent researching what do I need to do? Um, it turns out that as a, uh, having a literature background was great for certain things, but if I wanted to become an acupuncturist, I needed to study sciences. I needed to study a lot of things that I had never studied. So I went to school at night for about two years just to get some of the prerequisite courses. Mm -hmm. And then I quit my job and I went off to school yeah. uh, for three years. And it was a four-year program, but they shoved it into three years. So it was year-round. You just studied, studied, studied. Intense, yeah. It was very intense, but yeah. it was one of the most phenomenal experiences. Um, I happened to meet someone at the school that I am now married to, and I have two beautiful daughters with. I know. <laughs> and uh, I also uh, learned a lot of things about uh, personal growth, about that internal uh, journey. And I also learned a lot about um, things like Tai Chi um, and all the other things that I can now share with my patients. So 18 years later, uh, here I am. Well, currently I'm not doing it because of the pandemic, yeah. um, but uh, it has been an incredible journey and an, an, ex an experience uh, that I don't think I would have ever had had it not been for those you know, steps that led exactly. me to that point. But you know, there's one thing that I was thinking about when you were saying the journey and how you decided that you won't be in position again, that somebody else controls your life. Yet here we are, here we are kind of again, but this affected the, the entire world. 
Yeah. And there is a difference between people that just panic and go crazy and they just like start really going into even depressions. Yeah, absolutely. Or people that look at it and decide, and I was trying to, to speak about this at the beginning of this whole craziness, that when you are stressed, stressed out, out of your mind, which obviously we, most of us are, because there are many things that we cannot control. The best approach I see is to concentrate on things that I can control. So what can I control? I can control my destiny. I can control my family. I can save, I, we can be practicing safe, you know, interactions with people or not interact with people. We can control certain things and we can also use that free time to create new future or to build on what we already have, just like we were talking about that you will be creating now to shift some of your knowledge also online because so far, if, if you don't see your patients, you are out of job kind of, right? So it's, it's, it is kind of lesson again to make us stop and, and realize what we are doing with our life, how much pressure we put on ourselves and maybe it forced us to slow and take another look on what we do and how we do it coming out of this, which would be, I think it could be beneficial to all, to all of us. There is an opportunity for us to learn about a lot of things yeah. uh, because of this. Um, it's funny because I too had the same thought that here I am, someone else yeah. is now, or something else is now yeah. dictating whether or not I can do what I do. Um, I want to just uh, spend a minute talking about that, though, because I think that it's important for everyone to understand that, um, as you said, you know, the, the the panic issue that a lot of people experienced when this first happened. Um, personally, I was very fortunate that being self-employed for almost two decades now, I've learned that there are some times that things happen, yeah. uh, usually not for an extended period of time like this, but I've learned how to live with uncertainty. I have uh, one of the guys that I trained with in martial arts was in the military. And he said to me one day, he says, how can you do what you do not knowing what your schedule is going to be, not knowing what your income is going to be, not knowing you know, where your practice is going to go? Mm -hmm. He said, I need the structure and the regularity yeah. that the military has provided for me. And I looked at him and I said, you know, it's just something that you have to learn how to do. So I've had almost two decades worth of understanding mm -hmm. how to just the fact that, you know, life is uncertain, even on the best of days. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also was talking to a friend of mine who lives out in California um, about a week or two after I shut down my practice. I temporarily shut down my practice. I always I, have to emphasize yeah. that. Um, and he says, boy, you, you know, you seem to be pretty calm. He says, my friends that have lost their jobs are all freaking out. They're all. And I said, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? And that goes back to the idea of being flexible in your strength. Yeah. It's there are things you can control and there are things you can't. So right. it's no point of stressing over things that you have no control over. Now, something specific that may be of help uh, to, you know, the folks that interact with us. Um, a very, quite often what I would tell my patients about controlling things. I have learned personally that there's absolutely very little 
that we can control, period. There's one thing that we have complete control over, and that is our center. And learning how to control your center is an incredibly difficult process. And that goes back to the internal journey. Yeah. What it begins with, you know, when you asked, when you posed the question, you know, what can I control? There's one thing that you can control. One thing that you can control that no matter where you go in this world, it's always with you. And that is your breathing. Learning how to breathe properly is the key to all the other things that come from that. Yeah. Whether it's dietary choices, whether it's responding to stress, emotional stress, whether it's responding to physical stress like pain. And with your experience with pain, you know that it can be overwhelming. Um, so one of the things that I really talk to my patients about is step one, learn how to breathe properly. Now, there's a bunch of different methods for breathing mm-hmm. and, you know, finding what resonates with you is important, but there is also what we in the Tai Chi world call natural breathing. It's the breathing that we all did when we were little babies in our cribs, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for, those, for those that are parents and have, you know, looked into their children's rooms at night just to make sure that everything is safe. They all see the same thing. They see little bellies going up and down. Yeah. Okay. And so that lower belly breathing is what we would call natural breathing. Again, there are different styles of breathing that uh, are not necessarily like that. But that particular style of breathing is important not only because it is what we are born with, but from a scientific perspective, there's ample evidence showing that when you breathe into your lower abdomen, it actually relaxes your brain's response to stress. And that is key during a time like this. Yeah. And I just recently discovered one of those breathing methods, which is Wim Hof. Yes. It's called Iceman from Holland. And I got crazy about this because it really works so well for many levels that I'm doing it every morning before I get out of the bed with his voice guiding me through it and it's amazing that little thing like we don't even think about how we breathe uh, has so much effect on the overall health and i i know that myself sometimes i concentrate on a task and i realize that i stop breathing like i'm holding my breath because i'm concentrating so much that i'm actually withholding the, the the something that the body needs the most What you said is very interesting, though, and it is actually a good sign. And again, something I tell my patients, breathing and practicing breathing has got to be done on a daily basis. When you get into the habit of doing it on a daily basis, it doesn't mean that you're automatically going to become an expert, and it doesn't mean that you're automatically going to do it the right way all the time. However, what you just said, that you are aware that you're not breathing, that's the second step. Right. Yeah. The first step is to practice it on a daily basis. The second step is becoming aware of when you're not breathing. And that is something that a lot of people never get to. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they go through eight hours of work with their shoulders up to their ears because they're typing and they're stressed and they have deadlines. And they're so unaware that they're not breathing so that they can adjust their, their posture so that they can uh, adjust their breathing 
so that it better suits stress response. So that awareness is critical. So that's, I'm glad to hear yeah. that. that I, had, I had benefit also because uh, earlier in my life, I was studying to be a professional singer. Yes. And so I learned the breathing, the, the, the big breathing that gives you the air energy for being able to hold those high notes on a never end. So you actually breathe to your belly and you almost like spread your ribs. Yeah. So you fill your body with, 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 the, with the air mm -hmm. to, be all, to be able then sing and basically just have a little bit more in the little time that you have to add to it. And then you have a, something like pillow that you lean on that you can have when you sing. So I'll, I'll show you or I'll talk to you about very briefly about the physiology behind that because what you're talking about is called diaphragmatic breathing. Mm -hmm. And that's See, exactly, I don't know any of the names. I, yeah. No, but you know how to do it. And that's yeah, even more yeah, important. Yeah. You know, I could know all the names that there are to know of things in the world, but if I can't do them, they're yeah. not as good, you know. So having the visceral knowledge to, to be able to do it is important, is more important. Um, but diaphragmatic breathing, when you inhale and you talk about your ribs expanding, the diaphragm sits underneath the rib cage, right? It's, it's, in the, it's mm -hmm. internal, but your lungs sit on top of your diaphragm. Your lungs are actually connected to your diaphragm via the pleural sac, right? And so when you inhale and your diaphragm expands and your ribs expand, your lungs come down a tiny bit. And what happens is because your lungs are essentially vacuums, you are actually sucking in more oxygen. Mm -hmm. And that oxygen gets deeper into the lungs, into the sacs inside the lungs called the alveoli. That is where the oxygen gets into your bloodstream. So by breathing that way, you're actually absorbing more oxygen. Wow. And every single one of your trillion cells in your body, including your brain, your muscles, your organs, they need oxygen to function. Yeah. So what you're doing with that breathing is you're actually becoming a more efficient, uh, not only are you becoming a more efficient breather, you are absorbing more oxygen and having better cellular function. So Does it even down, affect the function of the lungs in long term? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because everything, if you talk to, uh, if you talk to microbiologists, if you talk to people that are, you know, have PhDs in different scientific fields, they begin to see the body, not as the body. They begin to see the body as 1 trillion cells. Yeah. And what every single cell in your body has in common is that it needs oxygen. Okay. And so when you absorb more oxygen, you're basically giving your cell the fuels the, or you're giving right. your cells the fuel that they need to perform their particular function. So, you know, your training right. as a singer yeah. is actually making you a healthier individual. Setting me for life. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. And it's something that you can start. Um, you know, I tell my patients, do it daily for three weeks and it becomes a habit, right. you know, yes, and stress, true. stress management techniques at the end of the day is really about building good habits. And setting habit would work as simple as link it to something that you do on daily basis that you don't even think about, like brushing your teeth, set it at the same time on every day. So you don't mm -hmm. have to think about it because if you just think about it, okay, let's do it now, let's do it. Then you have to remember, you have to schedule it. When you set it up as a regular thing, 
when you don't even think about it anymore because it becomes as natural as brushing your teeth, then you just set a new habit for yourself that is gonna upset you for a good day of work. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. So can we go back to like the three maybe basic things that we can do right now to help us boost our immune system and help us deal with stress Absolutely. and manage the entire emotional situation a little better? Absolutely. Um, there are lots of different things that you can do. And I've been thinking about it a lot this lately because I've been in constant communication with a lot of my patients uh, through email, through phone, through video chatting. And the more I thought about it and the more I listened to what they needed, um, there's three basic concepts that I feel are a good start and you can move beyond that. But the three basic things that I think are important are to stay physically active. Okay. Um, when I was a student, my clinical anatomy professor said that if you look at the body, you realize that we were meant to do two primary things. We were meant to squat and we were meant to climb trees. And that's because the largest muscles on the body, the gluteal muscles and the latissimus, which are the muscles on the side of the body, on the back rather, they are the largest muscles and therefore the ones that are most uh, likely to be used and to have developed through the process of evolution. And so what those two things have in common is that it needs, it requires movement. So physical daily movement is very important. Now that can range from yoga to Tai Chi to using a personal trainer. Um, it, it or really simple has to walking. Be, well, I was going to get to that as well because yeah. my, my judo teacher would always say life is about breathing and walking, breathing and walking. However, proper breathing and proper walking. Mm -hmm. um, in the Japanese culture, uh, especially in the martial arts, they talk about shizentai. Shizentai means natural body stance. That means standing upright. And the image that I was given was a pine tree because a pine tree, not only does it stand upright, but when the snow falls onto the limbs of the tree, the limbs don't just stand there. They don't fight against it. They go with the snow. And okay. as the snow gets heavier and heavier and heavier, it gets to a point where the snow just falls off and the limb comes right back. So we are back to the tree relaxes into it instead of exactly. putting up pressure. Yeah. And that is the ideal image in my mind for demonstrating flexibility in strength. A very strong center, a strong rooted trunk. However, flexibility, both mentally and physically. And that's a, it's a beautiful image as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but he would always say, Ellis, life is about breathing and walking. So as far as daily activity, um, like I said, you could do things that you know, resonate with you. I personally like Qigong and Tai Chi. Some patients like yoga. Some people like uh, personal trainers. Whatever gets you moving. Um, there was a, an interesting study some years ago where they uh, studied populations, pockets of populations throughout the world where people live to be an advanced age and healthy. Uh, and they call these blue zones. And they tried to figure out what it is that they all have in common. And the one thing that they all had in common was that they were constantly moving. They would not sit for more than 25 to 30 minutes without moving. Mm -hmm. um, and even as we're doing the interview, I've been sitting for more than a half hour. And I, 
I yeah. can feel the effects of it. Yeah. Um, but, but on a regular basis, moving every 25 to 30 minutes is important. Um, the other thing is with regards to stress management techniques that I think are important. And in addition to physical activity, watching what you eat is really important. Uh, the biggest culprit in the diet, and in particular the American diet and, and in a lot of Western developing countries is sugar. Sugar is known to inflame. If you have kept up with all of the news about this pandemic, the one thing that they keep talking about is inflammation. So that's an incredible and it is a critical thing to be very careful with. And now, it's I'm a not, strong addictive too, it for is. many and people. To be perfectly honest, in the last month I have seen my sugar craving increase a little bit. And so when I do, I think, okay, time to do other things to counter that. And a very simple thing to do is to drink water. Um, and hydration is very also, is also very important. Uh, drink water with lemon is a good idea because the sour taste is a good way to curb the sweet. Um, and, uh, you know, don't, don't beat yourself up if you see that you're starting to do a little bit more, but just don't let it get out of hand. Uh, and again, that goes back to good habits. The third thing that I would say as far as stress management is to spend time in nature. Um, in Japan, they ask As much as you can right now. Because as much as you can and as safely as you can. Um, but there's a lot of studies, uh, especially in Japan, where they, they promote what they call forest therapy. Um, the idea is that you spend time in nature because nature provides us with a lot of the microbiotic organisms that we evolved with as humans. And those microbiotic organisms help us to become stronger uh, in terms of our immune system. There's also another very interesting thing that they're studying called phytochemicals. Um, and with your background in cooking, you may have come across phytochemicals in terms of uh, vegetables and fruit and the importance of those phytochemicals for the immune system. It turns out that you may actually be able to inhale them as you're walking through the forest. Because oh, wow. the trees are putting this off. Um, that's something that I need to look at a little bit more closely so that I have um, not only more information, but up-to-date information. That but would be breakthrough information for somebody who hates vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think the idea behind forest therapy is to go eat the trees. It's just to go walk. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so those are really the three things that I think are really important. The physical activity on a daily basis, having a stress management routine that involves breathing, stretching, again, Tai Chi, Qigong, yoga. Um, I know you've shared with me some of the experiences you've had with your, pers with your personal trainer, and it sounds like you guys are covering a lot of those really critical things. Yeah, um, I, would, I, I just want to say here um, that I'm so grateful because I actually... Three years ago, I wasn't doing anything physical because I was uh, so afraid that I can hurt my back yeah. because I already have screws there and it's, it's fusion and it's, it's really bad. So you ended up doing nothing. And when I met him, uh, he's a super smart guy and he is very interconnected with not just you know exercise, but the mindset, but the diet, everything, how everything is connected to each other. And so we started working very carefully and I ended up being deadlifting hundred pounds. Wow. That's which, awesome. Which is insane because after my surgery, I was allowed to lift 10 pounds, which is basically a gallon of milk. And yeah. 
what we do now because obviously the gyms are closed as well and he would have lost his entire income as well he actually set up his air open air gym in the parking lot of the gym and so we would come and we have like ba just basic basic stuff uh, some weights and some some um uh, um uh, the how you resistance, call it resistance, resistance yeah resistance thing and it's basically using your own body on you know squats and everything else we actually did climb a tree as well <laughs> it's and, awesome and it's just being outside and doing things and you work one-on-one -on -one, you keep distance and he has his lysol and then he sanitizes everything after yeah, it's yeah. used and then i leave and somebody else comes in and it allowed us to stay active for me because i would be worried to do things on my own and it allows him to keep his income which is amazing so we yeah. have to be a little more flexible and thinking out of the box for you know to yeah. adapt to situations like this and i think that actually goes back to the first point that we made um about flexibility and strength because it's not just about the physical strength it's about the mental strength right and having that malleability the ability to adapt to things as they present themselves as life unfolds it's not always going to be the same thing and i think yeah. worldwide we're seeing that you should um, expect it's not going to be the same thing. right and i think that one of the things that you can do is if you focus on your center if you focus on your breathing you are better able to navigate those changes in real time yeah um it's not always perfect and it doesn't mean that you're not going to feel the stress but by having a daily habit of stress management with those three things that i mentioned and again beyond that for other people but having something that you connect with on a daily basis to reduce your stress response is going to go a long way towards allowing you to come through this in a healthier way making um, you stronger in that area and if i may i wanted to just touch base on something that i think is important is to share um some of the things that i've learned recently about um recently as well as over the last 20 years about the immune system's response to stress um you know stress is not a necessarily a bad thing stress has kept us alive as a species we have uh most people are familiar with your fight flight syndrome response and your rest and digest so fight flight is part of the nervous system's response of when you're in danger so think back to when humans were roaming a savanna and they were on the menu right because they right. were animals that were trying to eat yeah, them yeah 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 uh so we developed a very simple response but a very important response that allowed us to stay alive hopefully as long as possible um and that fight flight uh part of the nervous system response increases heart rate it increases uh your it it kind of helps you to focus on what is the most important thing which is to survive um and part of the process begins in the brain and it goes down to the adrenal glands and you get this influx of adrenal hormones that make you run faster that make you stronger that make you more acutely aware of what's happening mm -hmm. um the mechanism is supposed to shut down after a short period of time it wasn't intended to always be there 
And Under so, the high-end alerts, we are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of what's happening is that a lot of people, they may not be quite at the highest alert level, but they're not coming down. Yeah. And so that's where stress can become very problematic. And that goes from acute stress, which is I have to run right now to save myself, versus chronic stress, which is I'm always thinking that I'm going to be in danger. And that level of stress, what it does is ultimately it can suppress the immune system. There are a lot of things that it can do, but the most relevant thing to what's going on is that it can suppress the immune system. And then it holds on in your shoulders and those people end up on your table. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, I, about maybe eight years ago, I gave a talk on stress, on its effect on the body and how we use acupuncture. And in preparing for that talk, I read through a lot of studies uh, and it really helped me to understand uh, how I could focus my treatments so that I was always dealing with stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found that once I started to deal with stress for everybody, I got better results. Because if we don't deal with chronic stress, then the problems that you come in with can change, but you're going back. Yes. So I started to talk to my patients about daily stress routines or stress management routines rather. Um, and so that's, I think, an important part to understand is that this chronic long-term stress that we're all under, it's going to have an impact on all of us. There's no escaping that. But the level to which we are impacted, the level to which it has an adverse effect on our bodies, we can control that if we have a simple daily stress management routine. And I so would also add something that I was suggesting to my uh fans or readers Mm -hmm. that the one thing you can control as part of your diet is also what you absorb as a news what you surrounding yourself with what kind of people what kind of energy you allow into your life if you are constantly sitting on a phone and updating information how many dead and how many what you just going to go nuts you have to decide and that's a control of your mindset you have to consciously decide all right this is the situation there's nothing i can do about it but i will keep myself informed but i will limit myself to the the ongoing flow of negative 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 news on me because other you cannot possibly come out of the stress or concentrate on something that you can actually grow and use the time to study something or prepare your business for something and be 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 alert if you let this take over your life so that's part of the thing that i think we can control is our mindset and conscious decision how to manage your day so you don't you give in for yourself as putting your air mask on yourself Uh first so you can help others that's exactly and right. Yeah. So you control your breathing, you control what you eat, you control what you absorb as the news or mm-hmm. even the conversations you have with your loved ones. There are people that are just constantly stressed out and they want to leave it on everybody else. Or just being calm and being that source of calmness to we will get yeah. over this and we will we will be okay. 
that actually reminds me of two things. The first is uh, years ago, I was talking to my teacher about, you know, how do you deal with negative energy? And so I asked him, I said, Sensei, how, how do you deal with negative energy? And I thought he was going to tell me, well, you have to breathe and you stand on one leg. And, and I thought it was a very right. complicated yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And he looked at me and he says, get away from it. Right. That's the and only thing. It was, it yeah. was the simplest and the most obvious answer. Just get away from it. It's true. Um, and the second thing that it reminds me is that there's a difference between being informed by the news versus being overwhelmed by the news. Yes. Um, and so like you said, you know, you stay up to date, but then you say, okay, time to That's move it. on to other things. Yeah. 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 And so it, it's so easy because people spend time on Facebook. People spend, you go on Facebook for a kind of entertainment, but you cannot help but being exposed another load of negative news and you make a phone call and somebody starts nagging about everything it's you have to you you get to the point where you have to even be selective with who you spend time who you give your energy to yeah you have absolutely. to make priorities for your own sanity yeah that that's a very important um lesson to learn in life um it's also something that i've talked to my patients about uh, a lot over the years um, we call those people in our lives that suck our energy. We call them energy black holes. Okay. Now, yes. some of these people, they don't realize that they're doing that. Um, and it's not a conscious thing that they're doing it for whatever situation has occurred in their lives. They become these energetic black holes. Uh, and it is important that you identify if there is someone in your life like that and, you know, begin to limit yeah. your contact with them. While at the same time, maybe trying to, you know, help them understand or what they're like. Or whatever you can do, yeah. yeah. But there's only so much you can do in those situations. So limiting that exposure to negative energy from all levels is very important as well. Yeah. And I have one more suggestion for you before we go, because we are way longer than we planned to. I know. But it's okay. You took a tie on, so I have to give you, you know, I have to I give you I haven't worn a tie, tie in five years. I know. I mean, what's such a big deal. I, I want to admit secretly that I used to have crushed on you because of your calm mm. voice. It just... Mm did miracles to me when I came, I came in pain and I was lying down and I had needles into my back mm. and your voice just add another level of comfort to that situation that was so important for me. And so I would suggest that you have a homework till next time we talk that you actually start thinking and recording meditation with your voice <laughs> because I, how I learned to meditate and I'm still learning because it's, it's, you know, I have not been exposed to it earlier in my life and I'm really learning. And I worked with Indian um, lady that I, she was my client and she uh, taught me a lot of things. It's so much more natural to her because she grew up on it. But it is so important when I started learning about meditating to have a guidance, guidance uh, meditation. The, somebody guiding you through, through it when you cannot just calm your mind yourself. Mm. And I am extremely sensitive to voices. So mm. I have to say that the, I found some meditation that just turned me off because of the voice the person has. Mm -hmm. So you have to promise me 
you will <laughs> think about it and you will set up a medication recording for us as a guided guided meditation with your voice oh it's funny you say that because i've heard that many times over the years and people asking me to to do just that well have you um, done it yet well, now that I have more time on my hands, I'm actually <laughs> thinking about what the best way to do that would be. It's really, so, it, yeah. it would be great. Yeah. I have a long list of uh, ideas and projects, and that's actually one of them. Well, one thing at yeah. a time. Exactly. All we can do. But I would re definitely encourage you to do that because there's <laughs> not many people that have that effect on others with their mm. voice. Mm. There is some peace coming from it. It's just, extremely comforting well it's funny because I, I i wasn't always that way and i think a lot of it had to do with the disciplines that i uh, had been studying for a few decades now um in particular the the breathing um one of the things that uh my judo instructor used to always talk to us about was learning how to find the calm within the chaos okay just like a hurricane has an eye that is calm yeah. and everything around it is chaotic um and that's actually part of that internal journey that we talked about at the very beginning of the interview and when you have that sense of speaking from your center it is something that i think has the impact that you're talking about on patients um and uh it's something that we could all learn yeah. you know and even how we speak to ourselves internally, that internal dialogue Absolutely. has an important impact on our, our mental well-being. That's a um, big part of my work to, yeah. to but, show. Uh, as, soon as, yeah. as soon as I get my guided meditation together, I'll let you know. Perfect, perfect, promise. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, this was amazing. This was really amazing because there is a lot of things that we can and I have been exposed to very similar messages for reason, you know, over the last several years when I, when I took myself on a journey to kind of grow also not only, not only professionally, but also mentally and, and, and uh, spiritually. So it, it made a big effect on me and I am best that I can now share it with others and, and be coaching people that are on that journey themselves and so to have you on was fabulous for this time and but i'm i am i'm hoping it's not the last time and we will I, we will find another topics that we can talk about and other people will find beneficial absolutely so perfect thank you so much ed have a wonderful rest of the day and Likewise. thanks again thanks again right. bye 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 bye